You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name's Elle. And I'm Jared. And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. We have got a great episode coming up for you, an interview with Graham Singh. Jared, tell us a little bit about Graham. So I met Graham uh, a number of years ago um, through my involvement with uh, a group called uh, Church Planning Canada. Um, and he's currently the executive director of Church Planning Canada. He also is leading um, an Anglican congregation in downtown Montreal. Hmm. Um, a really fascinating guy, really high energy guy. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about in this episode is that he talks a lot about the Canadian buildings conversation, which uh, may not sound that exciting, but the, 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 the reality is uh, we are about to experience in these next five to 10 years, one of the largest land transfers uh, in Canadian history. Wow. Uh, churches, which are uh, protected under the tax code as, as tax-free, you know, charitable uh, locations... Uh, and public spaces in many ways um, are being sold uh, because the congregations are are failing, hmm. are being sold to condo developers. And, uh, and so th- the church in Canada is having some really serious conversations about what are we going to do about this? And this isn't just evangelicals or, or anything like that. This is, this is the Catholic church, the United church. There's lots of people that want to be uh, involved in this conversation to kind of think about how can we preserve the historical y- land use mm-hmm. uh, of these buildings? So I'm really excited about this conversation because um uh, this is something that Graham saw while he was in the UK, and and while he was in the UK, uh, it was a massive land transfer right. there too. And he just when he he came to Canada, he said, "This can't happen here in my home country." Hmm. It's a great episode, and we so are looking forward to being able to share it with you. So here we go. It's the Graham Singh interview here on the New Leaf Project. I'm sitting here with Graham Singh. Uh, you have several titles, uh, Graham, but for the purposes of this conversation, uh, friend of Jared, number friend, one title. Wow, wow, yeah, no, that's uh, that's an important one to me, anyway. Um, but you're also when you're not just being friends with me, you're yeah. also the executive director of Church Point Canada. Correct. And so, right. how long has that been going on for you? That's been uh, just over a year now, and uh, beginning with joining the board of Church Planting Canada and just mm-hmm. helping out. I, I I went to them originally just to kind of stir up discussion and some things mm-hmm. I saw around Canada. And that ended up turning into this role. And it's a great joy to be right in the middle of a, a wonderful community of networks planting churches across Canada. So, uh, I mean, I, I used to sit on the executive, well, not the executive, but on the, the leadership team of, of Church Planting Canada. For many years. For many years, Yeah. And we miss uh, you. it it well, thank you very much. <laughs> and I, I was I was glad to to have served, and I, I'm I'm very interested in the conversation still, even though I'm not on in a in a leadership capacity at the moment. But it's a it's an organization with a, a long history in, I mean by evangelical standards, it's a long history in the Canadian context. It's it's a long history in terms of church planting history, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. church planting as this wonderful ancient practice of the church has been rediscovered mm-hmm. in the past. 
20 years or so in a whole new way. In Canada, over the past 15 years, um, I think by that point, we got to the, the spot where we said, we've got to be talking to each other. Whoever is planting a church in Canada, whatever kind of church they're planting, we ought to talk to each other once in a while. And that's, as you know, I mean, you were right there at the beginning for this, Jared, that that's how it started. Yeah, there was kind of, I think it was the mid-90s, there, there were um, a number of denominations who, uh, they, they had newly minted sort of directors of church planting uh, among them, and none of them fully knew how to do their job just on their own. And so the way the, the uh, network formed was around uh, the, direct, the church planting director from this group and this group getting together and saying, like, how do we actually encourage church planting? How do we get this started in, in our own uh, denomination? And they created a whole host of, of resources and uh, uh, spaces and training spaces and things like that. Um, they started the Congress. I can't remember when the first Congress was. Yeah, it was, it was around uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, it would have been, I think, I think it was in, in uh, Bramley. Bramley, I think. Yeah, yeah, groups of people coming together and mm-hmm. first of all, storming. Yes. <laughs> Ideas yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And then beginning to norm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we could perform, you know, storming, right. norming, and performing. And I think what we realized is that actually the storming, norming, and performing was really meant to be at the level of the individual networks. Right. And when we came together as a group of probably now we're, we're looking at about 70 people who have a denominational or network role mm-hmm. that calls himself, uh, you know, director, leader, uh, right. catalyst of church planting. Right. We realized that that community of people needed a whole different way of gathering. And for all the things we started pulling into the church planting Canada, kind of central place, we realized actually God is on the move in such a powerful way across Canada. This project of gospel saturation, you know, reaching every man, woman, and child in this nation was going to need many, many different types of churches. And in a sense, some of the things we maybe tried to norm, I think we realized uh, we're not meant to be happening at that level. We needed to, the norming needed to be just how do we hear each other? How do we step back? Yeah, it was interesting because, uh, you know, some of the larger denominations, when they sat down at the table uh, and they started participating in the systems that they'd have, like there was a church planning boot camp, and that's actually uh, where I met Purnell Goodyear for the first time. And that, uh, um, uh, it was a, it was a, that was something that church planting Canada did. And it was a, a, a partnership of denominations. Uh, we had, uh, uh, profile assessments. So that was a way to assess church planters and they, they trained people across the country and then denominations would plug in and use those resources. But the, the interesting thing started to happen is that the big dogs were able to, um, to just take all of that stuff that they learned at the church planting Canada table and do it in house. Uh, and, 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 and that was a, a really positive move because that allowed them to, um, to be denomination specific in how they, uh, uh, how they delivered those resources and how they helped planters. So the planters could plant as that tribe. The challenge I think, of course, was that, um, the smaller groups, uh, needed, needed those resources. Um, but Church one in Canada wasn't, I don't think, the right table for that because yeah. uh, uh, at a certain point, then Church one in Canada started to be in competition with 
some of their own users. And, it, and, yeah. and I think the thing had to shift. And that's kind of where I entered the story is when uh, that tension was starting to be felt. So Church Point Canada was trying to build new resources or update their resources. Um, but they found uh, themselves a little bit in competition with, with uh, their own partners. And that's so... Right. So we, we went into a new direction, and, and I, that only started on my watch, and I think it's really coming to fruition on yours. So tell me a little bit about this, this, uh, this new direction well, you the, guys are the going. Well, the table language is so helpful because you ask the question, who's around the table and what gets put on the table? Who sets the table? Mm-hmm. Uh, who clears the table? Uh, how long do you stay there? Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of some of the bigger networks that, actually were totally inspired by being together. And there were sometimes where a larger network would invite some smaller networks to come and join them on another table. This became very, very fruitful. Mm-hmm. But we realized, and actually it was one of the leaders of one of our larger networks in Canada that, that came up with this metaphor. He said, actually, when somebody comes with their big, beautiful kind of banquet, uh, if you've come to that table with your little brown bag lunch, you're not going to feel like unpacking your brown bag. You're going to be almost embarrassed okay. that you've got mm-hmm. this, 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 these little, these little loaves, these little fishes. Here we go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And actually, we know that there are many times God works in wonderful, grand ways, and there's other times He starts with faith as small as a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. And I think we realize that this table around which the networks planting churches in Canada may gather needed actually to be empty. We needed to make sure that no one group kind of dominated the table and that everybody with their lunch of whatever size could come and be there. And that to me okay. is the kind of magic thing oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that we're on now. That's interesting because when I first heard the term, the empty table, when I, I didn't like it at I first. think you were hungry, man. You were hungry. You wanted to you wanted, what's, what's for lunch? <laughs> because it sounded, it sounded uninviting in one way that, that why would I want to go sit yeah. at an empty table like, is there no one else there? But I think what you're talking about is that uh, so long as Church Point in Canada was clouding or covering the table with their resources, or when one of the larger partners was coming to the table and, and, and setting everything out for everyone, then yeah, yeah. then there just didn't feel like there was a space for you. So tell me some of, yeah. some of, the, some of the good news around and that stuff. I think, I mean, when you look at who is around that table and you say the following phrase that's deep within the core of my belief... Mm-hmm. I believe we are all part of the greatest reformation and revival of the church Interesting. ever. Hmm. And if that's true, if it's even partly true, mm-hmm. we have to be very careful what we put on the table to make sure we don't miss what God is saying. Okay. And I found the people who love this empty table are people who are seeing this radical change in the picture of the church in Canada. Mm-hmm. And they know we need to listen for this still small voice. Mm-hmm. And this the emptiness of this table. I mean, the other phrase we've used, we said, it's a table for adults. So it means okay. if you don't like what somebody else brought for lunch, you don't have to eat it. Right, right. <laughs> so it means as we gather with a network that's more conservative than we are or liberal than we are, and there's such limited phrases, we can say, actually, we want to hear what they've brought. Maybe we'll see what they've got. We'll share. Mm-hmm. And the fruit of this so far is that we have seen a much broader picture. We've seen more people invited to the table um, we've seen myself as an Anglican minister invited to lead in this yep. in a largely evangelical group. That on its own has been yeah. interesting. Yeah. We've seen more people. And I think somebody said of our last Congress last year in Montreal here, it was the biggest and broadest Congress that we've had. We had 
Anglican bishops, Catholic bishops, very, very uh, conservative groups that are just thriving, very liberal groups that are thriving. Yeah. And we saw people together. And to me, the fruit of unity, I mean, we say in the Psalms, we know in the Psalms, that with unity, God commands his blessing. Mm. But sometimes I think we're starting to realize we may not have been willing to pay the price for that unity. It's a costly unity. Right. And God's blessing equally is so rich. So in, in, the, in the current Church Point in Canada shift, by calling this the empty table, by sort of divesting the, the, the Church Point in Canada network of the responsibility for creating church planning training and resources, by just allowing that, then these groups are actually starting to A, sit down, and then bring what they have to the table. So tell us some of the things that people have been bringing to the table lately. I'll tell you one thing that's been really on my heart. It's been looking at the resources that we share. Mm -hmm. So some of our more outlying denominations and networks have been coming up with the most incredible ideas, concepts for completely new missional rethinking of church. Mm -hmm. Things that within more structured historic denominations, whether they're evangelical or mainline, we just haven't been able to try. Okay. And hearing some of these things, hearing reaching people groups that we've not been able to reach for a long time, they're groups that maybe feel themselves more central are really hearing and learning from that. So there's a resource in terms of vision right. that gets shared that way. Yeah. There are other resources uh, from my own background and passion, for instance, with city center missional stations. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to call them what people normally call them, but let's call them mission stations in the hearts of our cities. Uh-huh. We talk about urban transformation. We talk about things like the urban trinity, you know, the police, the municipalities, the local church working together. And as we grow and we see more people coming, we think, man, it'd be really useful if we had a physical station where we could see this mission flow out of. Then <laughs> we look and realize we are closing thousands of church buildings across this country, right, right in the heart of our towns and our cities. Mm-hmm. We've not been able to see each other or hear each other. And you look at the schemes of the enemy we see in the Bible, we realize the enemy distorts, he destroys, he divides. And so seeing those resources come together of churches that have got vision, energy, even some fruit in their ministry, alongside churches that actually they're feeling this is such a time of discouragement. Right. But they've got billions of dollars worth of buildings. I mean, this is a kind of fruit of unity that I'm really passionate about. It's part of this thing we call the Canadian Church Buildings Conversation. It's yeah. part of Church Planning Canada. It's one of the fun things we're doing. I've been, I, I want to talk to you about that in a minute. But there's also some other interesting groups coming to the table, like, for instance, uh, the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. Yeah. They're wanting to, to join at the table. What's interesting when you say join the table, like it's not just... Uh, uh, showing up to a potluck and 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 uh, but like it seems like there's a there's a, a cost involved in in sitting down at the table and trying to join in this way, yeah. which I, I I'm intrigued by. I think it's a good thing, but there yeah. is a cost, and the cost. I think many of us have been realizing that we had to branch out beyond evangelical to see this really happen. Hmm. And I kind of thought somewhere along the line, I was going to get in trouble for this. And I, I don't know what I love. I love my friends at the evangelical fellowship of Canada. I kind of thought when they would call that it might be to get me in trouble for being friends with people just, you know, different than that. Mm -hmm. And when they called and said, actually, we want to be part of the next church planning Canada Congress. We want to locate our evangelical fellowship of Canada president's day right alongside the Congress. I thought, man, this sounds like God is on the move. 
And I repented of my previous assumptions about what I thought they would say. <laughs> and, you know, it's so exciting to see those groups. There's still, still some of those things being decided about how we actually work it out. But it's exciting to realize that across many parts of the church, this idea of a broader table is, is inviting. So the, the, the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, uh, they're still working on exactly how this would, uh, would mm-hmm. work. But we're looking at Congress 2017 in October, again in Montreal. And I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, members of the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada from a number of other churches, like the Anglican Church of Canada, Presbyterian Church of Canada, they are actually observers uh, on the EFC board. Okay. and Not the board, but the President's Day. And they're excited to be located here and invite some of the people they're already friends with. Right. So this is a this is a brand new thing, and it, it's it's requiring... Everybody to do a little bit of adapting and flexing and changing. And that sounds like it's almost like, you know, what God might describe. God. <laughs> the body of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited by this idea that you've, you've brought to the table. Um, uh, it is, it's a thing called the Canadian Buildings Pact, which yeah. uh, I, it's actually born out of your experience uh, back in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, in the UK, we closed over 8,000 churches. Wow. And it's one of those numbers that you, you kind of have to say, and then you have to think about again. You know, you think about one town with one church in the middle of that city, where right. AA groups meet and scout groups meet, churches meet. Mm-hmm. When that building closes, a piece of the city closes with it. And right. when that happened 8,000 times in the UK... It changed the culture of the church. My wife and I were there for 14 years and uh, had such a wonderful experience in our faith in, in seeing our response to this change mm-hmm. coming out in new forms of unity. And so when I felt the Lord uh, calling us back, it wasn't just me, it was a, a, a whole process of discernment of coming back to Canada, my home and native land, seeing this you, discussion. You were, you were yeah, born here, right? Born just outside of Toronto, yeah. Yeah. And uh, in Guelph, Ontario, come on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my heart stirred to say, how could we jump ahead of the curve? Because so many of the things we've seen in the UK, we're seeing similar patterns here. So how could we address this without closing 8,000 churches here? Yeah. And it wasn't long before I started making friends with the United Church of Canada. Uh, I was, I was a, a keynote speaker at one of their big conferences where they acknowledged they're closing a thousand churches in Canada in the next five years, wow. just in the UCC. Wow. That's, that's, you know, just even from a raw Canadian history standpoint, regardless of, of all the faith questions that are tied to that, that is a massive land transfer that's going to be happening in the next five years. And w- what's going to happen with those church buildings? Like, what are they going to become most likely? Well, and this is the nature of this conversation. And we've called it, you know, through the Throughout the course of yours and my friendship, Jared, you know, we've called it Canadian church buildings. Like at first, this was just me coming back from the UK and knocking on the doors of any national denominational leader, or regional denominational leader who would listen. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had to call it something. So I said, I want to talk to you about the Canadian church buildings, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I thought of calling it packed. And then I thought, actually, let's learn from this empty table idea. Let's, let's let there be no agreement. Therefore, there's nothing that you have to get scared about, mm-hmm. Right. So we called it the Canadian Church Building's conversation, okay. which just meant if I knocked on your door, um, then we were having that, that conversation. And when you knocked on somebody else's door and it started to go viral, that was that conversation. Right, right. The, what we do with these buildings is hugely 
It's a huge, huge question. If we mm-hmm. don't pay attention, here's what they become. Condos, right? Right. The worst quality, the, 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 the less of the quality of the building there, there is, the more likely we will turn it into, into condos. So if it's a degraded property, then yeah. it's easier to knock down. Yep. And then it's easier to turn into. Now, not that Canadians don't need a place to live and condominiums are the worst possible thing. But it, it's not the historic use of that land. And it, it, it moves entirely from a, uh, uh, a communal space yeah. to an entirely private space. Exactly. In the middle of our, in the middle of our uh, most densely populated urban areas. Which is why, as you know, whenever I can get a spot in a conference, I'm talking about urban planning and the church. Urban planning, church planting, urban planning, and church buildings. Right. Because when we're talking about little little churches out in the countryside where nobody lives anymore, right? okay, there's going to be less of a case to keep that building going when it's very, very expensive. Right. When it's in a very residential area and there's no real community hub there and the church is not really going to work that way either, it also makes sense mm-hmm. in those cases to sell. But when we're talking about a church in the center of a city, right near a main transport station or a main commercial area, the kind of place where people are gathering already, first of all, look at the outliers. You think of the mustard tree where the birds of the air find their perch. Yeah. Where do the AA groups meet? Right. Where do the scout groups meet? These are groups that rely on us to provide this space. Yeah. We have to ask the question, is it a strategic location? The quality of the building is huge as well. And You know, there are some dangerous games that are being played where you can allow a building to degrade so that you basically say, oh, look, we we meant to maintain this building, but now look at it's falling apart. We're just going to have to knock it down. Right. When a developer gets a hold of it, very often that will be their strategy. They're not the bad guy. Property developers are doing their business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll help a church out by buying a building pretty quickly, even before a zoning has been changed. But in some cases, and I can't even tell you how many, but we're certainly working on this one here in Montreal yeah. where we're based here at St. James's Church for this interview. We're trying to figure out where are the key strategic sites where we can see totally new life happen, church right. planting happen in these right. ancient buildings. And so for those that aren't aware of what the conversation actually mm-hmm. is around the Canadian uh, uh, buildings, um, tell us a bit more about who are the partners that are yeah. sitting at the table and, mm-hmm. and what we're hoping to accomplish together. So we're, we're gathering three groups of people. One are people who own church buildings. These are denominations right. and largely mainline churches. Right. The second are groups who are trying to plant churches, whether they're from within a denomination or another church planting network. The third are urban planners and all those who are trying to build a city. These three groups have all got a passion for the use of this space, mm-hmm. but they, they have three totally different ways of thinking. And the idea, uh, the concept behind this Canadian church buildings conversation, which is also the subject and the the center of my doctoral research Mm. uh, and the the conference we're running in May 2017 is really actively trying to bring together the most keen game changers from those three groups of people. We're talking probably 60 or 70 individuals in Canada. We gather those people together for a really serious conversation about how to hear each other uh, on this question. And the goal is whenever possible, wherever possible, to preserve the historic land use. Preserve the historic land use. And we have, I mean, I have no hesitation about saying our bias is we hope that within the multiple uses that will come out of that, that the church is, is central. 
The church, unfortunately, has dominated at the expense of any other uses. So here, where we are at St. James's Church on Rue Saint-Catherine in the middle of Montreal, we're about to put up some construction fencing as we do our next building. And there's a question, what do we put on that sign? What is behind this fence? Right. What kind of building is this? And we are heading towards describing this building, first of all, as centre de communauté. Okay. Community center. Second, centre de discussion en groupe. Okay. Discussions in groups. And third, église moderne. If you say église, it means nothing here. People just, it's total whitewash. You say église moderne. They think, wow, what does modern mean? What have you gotten around? Right. What kind of crazy things modern are you church, up to there? Yeah. Modern yeah. church. Yeah. yeah. But first of all, a center for community. It helps tell a better story. We take out pews so that we can create a space for participative worship and those group discussions. I, I was just in your sanctuary uh, this morning. I love the, you have pews in your church, but they're all in circles, which yeah. I, I dare say I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a lot of fun. Making that space an open new space is absolutely fantastic. Jared, you would have loved it. On Saturday night, we have a, jo- a jazz concert series run mm-hmm. by the city of Montreal in this building. Uh, they have more concerts here than in any other center owned by the municipality. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, in the is. heart of Montreal, we are one of the best community spaces already. And right. we're not unique. This could be happening with any church building in Canada. Right. But they were meeting in the hall because we told them the sanctuary or the, you know, the nave, what all these weird churchy words, right? Yeah. That, you know, we just did church stuff there. So right. part of removing the pews and opening the floor up, putting in a new sound and video system was to say, you are welcome here. Come and make your music here. Come and ask the big questions of life here. Mm-hmm. And I actually brought one of the bands that was performing here on Saturday night. I said, guys, come and see our new space. And one of the guys had a clarinet in his hand. I fired up the big pipe organ, this hundred plus year pipe organ. Yeah. And these guys started jamming on the organ with the clarinet. And it was it was mesmerizing. And we actually called this a benediction of the space. It was the first person to ever play music in this space as we had just after we'd finished the oh, flooring so project. Cool. And they were so moved. I was so moved. But this really is the vision for this conversation. It's our vision, part of our vision for Church Planting Canada, that we take any resource we can. You know, imagine all of God's children got together and we just said, hey, what did Papa give us? What do we need to share to see his mission mm. unfold? And I think the buildings is just such an easy one for this time right now. So that's, uh, I'm starting to like this uh, empty, empty table idea. <laughs> um, and the idea I think you're getting across here is, is, that, is that if we have this empty table, uh, then people are more free to bring what they have. And some people are bringing buildings, some people are bringing vision, some people are bringing skill sets, resources, training, anything to share. And then we, when we bring that stuff out, uh, there's going to be some sampling and some fusion uh, cuisine and, and all kinds of things happening. And that's, that's, right. that's where Church Point Canada is, is at this point. Uh, and, uh, but I think it's also speaking to where it might be in the future. Anything you want to tell us about the, the, the future of Church One Canada? Yeah, we've spoken a lot about the kind of catalysts level. So those who are responsible for releasing church planters and vision. And that really is our primary audience for Church Planting Canada. Okay. But, I mean, take what you're doing, Jared, with New Leaf Network. You know, there are so many people gathering around now as you plant this new tree and mm-hmm. other kind of trees and vines maybe inter intermingle. What we're really trying to deliver every two years is the main gathering 
for Canada, for anybody in Canada trying to plant churches of any kind. And that next group's coming up October 2017, back here in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that anybody listening to this would think about that. Last week in October, come and join. Come and bring to this empty table the food that the Lord has given to you. Come and be willing to share it. Come in faith that what God has given to you may be exactly what your brother or your sister needs to fulfill the mission where God has placed them in a totally different context, in a totally other part of Canada. And so my prayer and vision is that we keep doing what we're doing in our different places, but every so often we come together, we celebrate, we're careful about what it costs us to be together at the same table. Mm-hmm. We're aware of our responses when we meet each other who are different from us. Uh, we keep Church Planting Canada a light, thin layer uh, across this this amazing kingdom unfolding. So, Graham, for those who haven't been to a Church Planting Congress before, what if they came in 2017, in October 2017, what are the dates? Do we know? Yeah, so it's the 24th to the 26th of October. Okay. And uh, it'll be the main conference would start on a Tuesday night and go Wednesday and Thursday morning. Okay. But uh, as you and I have been speaking about, there's going to be some pre-conferences, some mm-hmm. post-conferences. And so I'd say watch this space. A while ago, uh, Jerry, I know you were part of the naming of this. The idea was to just call this the Congress. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder whether it's not going to, we almost, the, the concept of church planting Canada almost fades away. And we just call this the Congress. Mm-hmm. And we have all kinds of different parts of the church that come together in Montreal in that week. Montreal works really well for a gathering this way. Uh, our brothers and sisters in the eastern uh, side of our country find it very easy to get here. Uh, right. People from the west generally have to fly to get around anyways. Mm-hmm. Our Ontario bros and sisters, can, uh, they can hop in the car and drive over. And man, does it ever bless our, our brothers and sisters here in Quebec. They're so encouraged by that. And so uh, it's really a picture of an open space for the church to be able to gather. So if people want to take part in the upcoming Church Planting Congress, how do they do that, Greg? If they just go to churchplantingcanada.ca, you can see all the dates there. You can also see something that uh, I think is a great resource. You'll see every recording uh, for the Congress in the past available for free. We put it on Google Drive, so you don't, even have to, you don't not have to like register your name and tell us who you are and put your credit card in there that we won't charge you now, we'll charge you, you know, later, mm-hmm. free for mm-hmm. six months, none of that. You just click on the button and you can get all of our recordings on the Google Drive. And there's a great set of resources. It's almost entirely Canadian content, mm-hmm. hearing about what God's doing. So I would recommend that website just to, to learn and explore, but you've also got all the dates there. You could join our national newsletter. It's also a great place. Somebody said, hey, I'm thinking about planting a church. I have no idea who to talk to. On our website, you will see listed all of the member networks. And if you are a member network, you're not yet listed, just give us a shout. We'll put your website up there. We'd love for you to contribute a little bit to our finances. Course, That's our course, financial yeah. model. Um, and come to the, the session, the intercession, we call it, uh, where we just meet as the Catalyst Networks. But there, if you're thinking about planting a church and you have no friends, <laughs> you have no oversight, you have no network, you could see those networks there. You can click on the links. You can find out the individuals uh, who are involved and, and, and check that out. It's a resource there for you. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, this is Jared and Graham sitting here in uh, St. James uh, Anglican. You changed the name? We we call it St. James Montréal now. Okay. Because we want to be a place that's known as a community center first. So we also don't think that the the idea of Anglican 
means anything to anybody in Montreal at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love my Anglican identity, but we're here. You're right, right sure. here in the middle of Montreal at St. James Mohan. Like, like literally, probably one of the biggest corners. Like, we're right across the street from the police station. Like, we're in the heart of this city. Yeah, we're a few steps away from uh, the corner of Saint Catherine and Crescent which is kind of the cool bar central of mm-hmm. Montreal, center of Montreal. We're pretty much on the Concordia campus. And uh, that's pretty exciting here. We're a place of uh, Catholic worship. Uh, the Roman Catholic chaplaincy is running mm-hmm. a weekly communion service here, uh, starting in uh, just a short little while. We have people who come from a Pentecostal Anglican background. People come from, I don't even know where they're coming from, Jared. It's a place where we're, <laughs> we're running Alpha. It's just a place we have set aside for the worship of our risen king. It's such a privilege to be here together. Well, my friends, I hope some of the energy of this city and especially some of the energy that Graham is bringing to the Canadian church plan conversation came through the wires and into your ears. Well, that was a great interview with Graham Singh. I'm so glad that you were able to connect with him and that we were able to share all of that great information and the awesome stuff that he's up to. I felt pretty good about it too. We have another episode uh, from Graham that we're going to be releasing uh, in the coming weeks. And he's talking about Alpha as a church planting engine. So planting a church using Alpha. The amazing things that Alpha can do. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I, it, it never occurred to me that you could do that. But there you go. There you go. So uh, you, you, you folks are going to want to uh, check that out and, and, and give it a listen when, when we release Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And if you'd like to know more of what Graham's up to, check out churchplantingcanada.ca and you can connect with him there. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We will see you again next time on The New Leaf Project. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.